Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Hi, this is Andrew Jasko, and I took a left at the valley. I know we shouldn't have to scream that we're atheists. You know, we don't have non-astrologers and all that. But with the religious people taking over the world, I mean, we can either speak up or be pushed into a corner. I'm proud to be an atheist, a skeptic, a non-believer, an infidel, a heathen. I call it how I see it. I say it's ignorance, and you just call it faith in unsubstantiated claims. That's something to be ashamed. I'm an Coming at you from Frigid BC, this is Left of the Valley. My name is Kevin, and a hooker once told me she had a headache. <laughs> Did you give her Tylenol? Huh? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Joining as usual is the team that knows why women don't blink during foreplay. Not enough time. Yeah, because guys suck. <laughs> oh, God. I just noticed that. She knows most men say their lover is also their best friend. So what does that mean about dogs? Boy, <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, what? Let's not say anything Kevin, bad about you're dogs. you're so gross sometimes. <laughs> we, we don't say anything bad about dogs on this program. No, absolutely. <laughs> and oh, she demonstrates her kung fu every time she walks into a spider web. <laughs> that is so true, though. That is and my ninja skills. Like, words, get off, get off, get off, get off, get off, get off. Or if I see the spider web coming. And she wonders if the inventor of the vibrator heard a voice saying, if you build it, they will come. <laughs> so true. Guys, welcome back. Hey, look at that. Dominic's here with us. With the yeah. Hey, buddy. How you doing? <laughs> I'm in pain, but we're good. In pain? You just blame started Kevin. the show. You can't start yeah. saying that. Just blame Kevin. <laughs> yeah, but he, he was inflicted with our awesomeness before the show. Our awesomeness? Yeah. All right. Our conversations about, like, teleportation and, like... Yeah, Sorry, let's let's not go blown. there. Let's not go there. Let's not inflict this on the, <laughs> That's on the audience. That's a different show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Guys, welcome back. Uh, so today we'll be uh, talking to Zach Law of the Zachalich Podcast. Ooh. So that's going to be interesting. Yeah. But first... This is the first time... That's the first time we'll have him on. It is today, the first time. It? Yes. Yeah, it is the first time. So, But first, let's do a bit of chit-chat. Oh, by the way, we are coming on our five-year episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is for the audience. You guys have questions of any way, shape, or form. Uh, you send them to us and we will answer them. Or uh, suggestions. You know, yeah, or suggestions or stuff like that. Did you guys hear that the, um, by the way, if you want to send those questions left at valley at outlook.com. Did you guys hear that Hawaii is passing on a bill through their Senate right now? Oh, this makes me so mad. Of? This is so stupid. Of and for. If it's passed, it means that, that nobody under 100 years old oh is actually going to be able to buy this cigarettes. This is so stupid. Yes. What? what? So stupid. In that state. So uh, already, oh. their, already their laws are pretty strict. I mean, the, it's 21 instead of 18. 
so if the bill passes, it means in 2020, next year, you'll have to be 30 to buy cigarettes, and 40 by 2021, and 50 by 2022, and then by 2024, you'll need to be 100 years old. Do, do people uh, forget history? Do they just, like, literally every 10 years, their memory of the world just wiped? Like... Yep. This does not work. It's like an this has sketch. never worked, mm-hmm. people. Well, I just think it'd be a great side gig for Nancy all of a sudden. Well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, I was thinking. Like a cigarette pusher. Gave me enough money, and I was <laughs> exactly. Yeah, but the thing is, that's it. It creates a black market for cigarettes, and it makes cigarettes cool again. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm having trouble. Do you think? Does any? Do any of us think it's going to work? No, of course well, not. No, it's going to become a black because market because then now, right now, when you buy cigarettes, there's regulation on like you have to like have warnings on it It has Mm -hmm. to be like you're gonna die of cancer but if if you switch it to a black market it's gonna be like ooh, look get it in cherry there's been a resurgence how did it get passed i mean i have no it hasn't been passed yet uh they're they're discussing it uh there's been a resurgence in cigarette smoking especially affecting the youth especially with the invention of vaping which kind of leads to cigarettes and cigarette smoking is not just like it used to be in the old days now they have flavored cigarettes which attract Yes. Yeah, you can get like vanilla or, or cherry. Or I am chocolate. very, very knowledgeable at cigarettes because no, I was a test shopper. Yeah, it just I got to go see if they yeah, broke the seems, law. It just seems so strange. Mm-hmm. The, you think the focus would be on stopping rather than doing the yeah. limitation by age. It just Hawaii is generally so progressive. It just seems. Well, it's 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 a progressive thing to do, but maybe not the right action. Well, I I don't even know if that's progressive. The Senate is that's like stupid. The Senate has quoted itself as being saying that cigarettes are considered the deadliest artifact in human history, unreasonably dangerous and defective. I raise you guns, killing its users. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Gun violence. I'll see you cigarettes, and I raise you guns. Yeah. Okay. Okay, speaking of uh, funny, interesting news, did you guys know of this 1964 little movie called Mary Poppins? Yes. Kirsten has not seen it. Yes. Well, Mary Poppins, the movie, <laughs> has been accused of racism. This okay. was a movie with the classic movie with Julie, the actress Julie uh, Andrews and Dick Van Dyke. Uh, there's a classic... <laughs> Uh, chimney sweep scene. Okay, but they're not blackface. They're actually chimney chimney sweep. Okay, you just hey. jumped the gun there. I was about to say they've been accused, essentially accused of <laughs> because in the movie they have soot over the face. They're not pretending to be black they, people. It's just yeah. a job. This is, like, this is like baby. It's cold outside. Mm-hmm. Flipped on it. It's the same. Ar- the same kind of argument. Hey, people, could you not? So this comes from an NYT uh, New York Times. Uh, it's a piece of New York Times written by Professor Daniel Pollock Plenzer. Pelsner, sorry, uh, who refers to the passages in in also the P.L. Travers' original book that he feels that are racist because there's a couple of passages. It's not just a movie. It was was a book before, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, So especially the the point where she actually pulls out her compact and actually puts more soot on her face uh, in that scene. So... It's yeah, see, I, I am like, if if in the job of a chimney sweep, you didn't get covered in soot. You're not doing then your job it's right. like It's like saying coal miners are doing blackface. Yeah, like, well, no, they just get coal all over them. Yeah, no, that's really, that's really stretching beyond. Well, yeah. I'm going gonna to throw a grenade in this and say, you have to remember that Disney does have a history of disp- uh, the, the, the putting racist things in their Black old movies. Rose. 
you know, uh-huh. the crows, well, the, the dinner, black crows, exactly. Crows you know, Dumbo, Dumbo and and all that stuff. So it's it maybe not as far fetched as the guy would, it's would think. It's far fetched. You think it's far fetched? You can go ahead and no, I'm I mean, just. If it's, I'm if asking it's the question. Something like the crows in in in, yeah. in Dumbo, but the issue with the crows Amos is that they're and Andy, actually when it's like, an actual. You know, it's supposed to be a portrayal mm. between the voices and the mm-hmm. look and so forth. But when it has to do with a little black on your face because you're in a chimney full of soot that's you, that has no basis agree. I have to agree with that yeah. in, in fact whatsoever I have to agree with that well of course you have to because you have to deal with me every week <laughs> exactly and you, and you have a gun <laughs> okay that took a left turn really quick yeah okay she's an assassin I think <laughs> she could throw a knife at you more oh easily I just have one question yes aren't there bigger issues that people can focus on yes like realistically yeah but I I think the issue of blackface in our culture is an issue especially when you look at the American politics that absolutely but but this is such a reach yeah but looking for it in like in this particular situation is what I'm referring to I, I think if if they were just hanging out in the park and there were chimney sweeps weren't a thing, and there was no actual reason for this, then yeah, you could raise issue. But there's there's a, a reason that they have soot on their faces. Yeah, I mean, with everything going on in Virginia, you don't need to pull in exactly. a, a minor yeah. issue. It's almost, like, it's almost like someone's trying to bring it so far that it's like, oh, now people can't talk about blackface, so mm-hmm. you can't talk about what's happening in Virginia because you're just going to be called, like, crazy. It's like, no, there is there is actual instances of blackface that are horrible. Why do you focus on those? Mm-hmm. And on that note, people just like to scream racism every left corner they can find. Yeah, you, you have to be careful, too, because a lot of times people, as soon as they, they, they use the word racism, it's often in an attempt to just shut the conversation down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right? So you have to be careful with that, too. Okay, moving on. Gwyneth Paltrow and Goop <laughs> are coming to Netflix, Netflix. this fall. Oh, oh gosh, yes. please tell me it's a takedown. If it is any way positive, I, or I'm <laughs> going to kill someone. Apparently, they're going to be 30-minute episodes where they will examine issues relating to physical and spiritual wellness. We can well. watch it drunk. <laughs> That will actually be fun. Can I just throw it out there? I've never seen Goop. But no, from no, no, no. Goop, Goop is a website. Or, yeah, it's, yeah, don't worry. I haven't ever gone to the website itself. But, but spiritual and physical wellness, from what point of view? Well, from, you oh. know, uh-huh. it's, if, essentially it's going to be a big commercial for Goop. If it is unfiltered, yeah, just her like a commercial, then I will be actually, I'll probably send an email to Netflix being mm-hmm. like, what are you doing? Yeah. But if it's like, Fix this. okay, like this is, you're what you're saying. This is the actual facts. Don't put jade eggs up your vaginas, people. <laughs> Don't do it. You're gonna get a yeast infection. So we're gonna have to keep an eye on that. Parental advisory. Exactly. You guys hear there's a study from the Flanders Institute for Biotechnology suggesting that bacteria in your gut will actually influence your mood, especially with depression. I, I could totally huh? see that. Yeah, they found out that a couple of bacteria if. Fecalibacterium and coprococcus were common in happier people, while the press people had a lower count of coprococcus and dialaster bacteria. What, which came first? Yeah, I was about to ask. Try to say that five yeah. times fast. Yeah, try to say that five times. So it seems that essentially your 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 diet and your floral. Mm-hmm. 
bacterial count will have a would have a huge influence yeah. on your mood. My my question is have they proved causation or is it just correlation? Yeah, exactly. Uh, that's a good question at that point. I'm not exactly sure. Mm-hmm. But it, it does it does it does seem to point that uh, using a bit of probiotics in your diet is mm-hmm. not necessarily a bad thing. And you know, to watch what you eat because yeah. it actually affects well, your mood. And and your whole body does it like we're not we don't just live in our brains. Mm-hmm. Our brains are part of our whole body. Everything influences everything else. So you can't just be like, oh, I just will do like mental game, like like brain games and like have like my brain working and I'll just forget about my body. It's like, no, you've got to work out your body too. Yeah, mm-hmm. sometimes you just have to go for a walk or something. Yeah, it's like yeah. going for a walk if you're depressed is magical. Just it, being in nature. Yeah, yeah well, they're finding, out, they're finding out, you know, especially for people that suffer from depression, exercise, mm-hmm. a, a, a good steady diet. Yeah, keep your that. body moving. You know, like instead, instead of relying necessarily on heavy medication, start with these things and see if you actually, if you, though, if you suffer from depression. if your doctor tells you to go on medication, listen to your doctor, guys. No, I, of course, absolutely. I, I, I totally agree medication. with that. But I'm saying, That's if right. you want to limit maybe having to take heavy medications or yeah. taking medication altogether, depends on your level of depression, Go with exercise. Mm-hmm. Go with a Definitely good, clean diet. Look and at then, all the options. Yeah, so, yeah so just do, find what works do, for you. Or get a dog. Does this bacteria come from <laughs> any particular food source, or is it? It doesn't does say. It besides besides your, the, the, the 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 probacterial uh, probiotics, can which is apparently good. Okay. Antidepressants work. Huh. Um, it depends what kind it is. There's uh, SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, which they target specific okay i'll stop i'm sorry yeah maybe this will go after the show <laughs> i actually went to school for this so i'm like oh i can explain this. okay okay last but not least uh, there's the minister for status of women in quebec who actually came out this week and called the hijab a symbol of oppression so her name is Isabel Charest, and she's in Quebec. Is the Quebec government? Because the the the, the uh, sorry, the Quebec government is pressing ahead in banning certain pu- uh, public sector employees in position of authority from wearing religious symbols in the oh, workplace. Okay, as long as it's overall like you can't wear your cross. Either. Well, that's exactly what the, that's exactly what I'm saying. As long as you do it for all the religions, that's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, yeah. Quebec having a long history of Catholicism. Yep. I'm hoping they don't trade. To make an exception for yeah, the no, cross, if, if there's any exception, which in the it's, past it's they sort of tried. Not okay. Yeah, but it, I, I, I personally applaud that move. I think it's a good. I think mm-hmm. it's a good idea. Although a lot of people are not agreeing with me on this. Yeah, I, I think I think the only issue you could have with this is if they are specifically targeting one religion over another. Then one hundred percent, that is not okay. Yeah, absolutely, no. absolutely. If they if all if all the religion, you know, you ban the cross, but you're also banning the yakima and you ban the mm-hmm. hijab and you all can't that. Can't wear your means, your past you know, strainer either. Sorry, guys, pastafarians. Yeah. yeah, gotta. But what's gotta that? Good? that I mean, the, so women who wear the hijab and feel as though it's just part of them, and they work in the public sector. They're no longer going to be able to wear the hijab at work. Well, it depends if she's in a position of authority, especially you know if she's one of the higher functionaries mm-hmm. or something yeah, like that, because they do represent the government at work. I mean, you can wear your hijab as soon as you leave work, 
But while you're working for the government, you have because to remain neutral. the government is not a religious institute. Exactly. Religion should not be in I don't government. know. I'm waiting to see how that works out. Uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. It's going to have some bumps in the road for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, Quebec is the, the most progressive province that we have in the country right now. So Because don't don't some Muslim women say that they wear the hijab because it's more cultural than religious and they feel yeah. they feel okay wearing Pers- it? Pers- so I don't know. Personally, I call bullshit on that. Yeah. But, yeah, but That's my opinion. That's just my yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. Okay. Interestingly enough, I think it was on either CNN or or MSNBC. I can't really remember, but I, the I finally saw a reporter. She's the first one to come on and do the news report with a hijab. Oh, really? She was part of a panel. Yeah. And I don't remember ever seeing a, a woman, you know, with a hijab. And, I, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah. That's no, I think it's great. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you're representing the government, it's a bit like you yeah. when you you you're going for a, a soccer. Uh, test or are you part of a, t- a sports team you're wearing the uniform you're representing the government there's a certain etiquette you have to show mm-hmm. and one of them is it's, not covering yourself it's like I don't agree that like people with um, I forget oh my gosh I forget what it's called like the head um, where that like they can get exceptions for wearing helmets it's like oh, no damn. you shouldn't be allowed to I mean, not like, wear a helmet because you're oh, you mean like a motorcycle helmet yeah oh you mean the, 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 the seat Term. Yeah, and we're in the term. I'm like, you should that that should no, not be allowed. It shouldn't. I'm like, safety over religion. Yeah, safety comes first. Like, you get a pass just because of a religious reason? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I agree. Mm-hmm. No, nah, that's not okay. It, it, it goes back to what I've been saying for God knows how many years now. We will we'll coming to a time where we're going to have to discuss that some rights supersede others. Mm-hmm. There's going to well, be a scale in Canada. We just we just. Um, made it so people's sexual orient their rights about around their sexual orientation trump religious yes, rights. Yes, yes. We saw that with the so Trinity Western so University happy. case as well. Mm-hmm. So it's heading that way. It's about freaking time. But anyway, it's a, it's going to be a bumpy road all along the way for yes, sure. Yes, it will. My dear Nancy, you got a top ten for us? I do. And as a matter of fact, we get a bonus because I have the top 16. What? what? And that will become obvious as we get into the top 10 for this week which i think is really interesting in that it's the top 10 top 16 countries with the world's best health care system oh yeah Ooh. i'm excited yeah. number one Canada. okay i know no. who's not gonna be on this list <laughs> yeah, we you always say america well, yeah wait wait till we see no but they do have, they do have a good health care system yeah. they do have good doctors and all that they just the yeah, system no, no, no. Of... that that's not the system yeah. that's the individual so this, this list was put yeah. together by an organization called the legatum l-e-g-a-t-u-m i'm probably not pronouncing that correctly anyway it's a london-based research institute this is the 10th annual global prosperity index they released it last november and it ranks the most prosperous countries in the world so uh, with this list they compared 104 variables to come up with the list and then they split the variables into nine sub-indexes etc 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 so the big one of the big components of the ranking naturally is how healthy a country's people are so they're, they're measured by three key components, the country's basic mental, physical health, health infrastructure, and the availability of preventive care. So here we go. And this is 
number 16, which is a small country that many people may not have heard of, but we're glad to be here and introduce it uh, as part of the list. It's called Canada. <gasps> oh, we only made number 16. Oh, okay, right. to be fair. So now we like, know why 16, I really? picked the top what? All Scandinavian countries are yeah. going to yeah. be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, oh, yeah. I, I still thought we'd be a bit higher than that. So, yeah. We, I do, too. But we're number 16, and I wasn't about to not include <laughs> Canada. So, to be fair, in, our mental health isn't up to par with other places. Okay. None of these yeah. countries are 100% perfect, but this is ranked number mm-hmm. 16 for a reason. Um, Canada, in 1984, had the health act that um, the country's system of free 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 access to health care, uh, known as Medicare up here. Our system is not perfect, which it says, but, however, in recent years, the number of Canadians going, um, and because it's not perfect, the number of Canadians going south for private care in the U.S. has grown. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, it did make the list for number yeah. 16 compared to a lot of other countries. We're pretty good. We sure could be a lot better. Um, number 15, Qatar. Really? The the best standards of health in the Middle East can be found in Qatar, according to the the list. The nation has recently taken steps to implement a universal health care system across the entire country. So they're 15. 14, France. Vive la France. Yeah, famed for the quality of its healthcare services. Um, it's close to the top of the pile. The country's average life expectancy is 82. Also Not in France, aside in the parentheses here, in France they also have uh, doctors going to your place. They, mm-hmm. they actually make house calls. That's so nice. Yeah, so yeah. If, you, if, you're, oh, yeah, yeah. if you're an elderly person or something like that and you, know, you need, I don't know, you need an injection yeah. or something like that, the doctor will come to you. Number 13, I was very surprised to see number 13, Norway. I would have thought it would have been... I was, been yeah, higher. that's yeah. surprising too. Because yeah. Scandinavian countries are usually, you know, up pretty pretty high. Um, anyway, they come very close to the global quality of life's ranking, um, which is one reason um, that the people are so healthy in Norway. The country's healthcare system is free for children under 16, but adults pay for services. So the country spends more per person on healthcare than any other country on earth so i think that may have limited it in the the number of sub indexes number 12 new zealand mm-hmm. new yeah. zealand's one of the most active countries the kiwis. in the world nations punching I well above new its zealand. weight average life expectancy 81.6 years number 11 belgium with an Belgium. average age oh, of 81.1, pretty close to New Zealand. Belgium's life expectancy is just outside the world's top 20. The country has universal health care, but also requires mandatory health insurance for all citizens. Uh, Germany is number 10, despite a love of beer and sausages. Germany has one of the world's healthiest people. Their life expectancy, 81. Uh-huh. What are you saying? That Germans get drunk too much? Yeah, well, I don't either that it's preserving some of the They might have been lower without the beer. Their beer. mental health is probably a little better. So, yeah, so number nine, Israel. It's the mm-hmm. highest ranking hmm. country of any of the Middle Eastern um, states. And the country has the eighth highest life expectancy, 82.5. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is not Sick. bad. Uh, number eight, Australia. 
Aussies. Great weather, low pollution, um, their life expectancy, 82.8. Unless you bake in the sun. That's I was the about fourth to highest. Say that. <laughs> Even though they rank number eight overall, their life expectancy is number four, uh, the wow. highest. Yeah. <laughs> number seven. Yeah, it's interesting. Number seven, Hong Kong. The yeah, tiniest, okay. really? yeah, Asia. Hong Kong has 11 private and 42 public hospitals to serve the population mm-hmm. of just over 7.2 million That people. is amazing. And in 2012, the women in Hong Kong had the longest average life expectancy of any demographic on earth. Really? Why would the women in that country have have longer than than well they women do longer than the yeah. men anyway. But it's interesting it's but they're, they're the highest of any country. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't what what I'm wondering what it is. It might is just about. be the culture. They're yeah they don't have any reservations of going to get preemptive care maybe. Diet it also know. might have been yeah. when was this taken, right? Yeah, this is probably very recent. It was recent. like last yeah. year, I think she said. But it's interesting anyway. That's if you want to be mm-hmm. a woman and live the longest, move yourself I'm to Hong okay. Kong as soon as possible. Number six, Sweden. Again, no. I would have thought is. Sweden There's would have been, you know, ranked to the top three. I think Finland or Denmark is going to be number one. Yeah, I'm they, just guessing. Uh, Swedish men have the fourth highest life expectancy, and men live to an average of eighty point seven, which is still oh my gosh, that's awesome. Good. Which is pretty cool because I remember even as a teenager, the life expectancy for men was like early seventies, maybe seventy five oh, at the most. Wait, yeah. really? So yeah, we've so we've done. That's yep. terrifying. Progress. Number five, the Netherlands. Mm-hmm. I, 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 it's so funny how these are these are ranked, and this is a pretty good um, uh, website, you know, in terms of the research mm-hmm, and so mm-hmm. forth. Um, I mean, if I were to rank them, I don't know where I'd put the, the Scandinavian countries, but I think I'd put them all on top. Uh, the Netherlands, in 2015, the Netherlands gained the number one spot at the top of the annual EuroHealth Consumer Index, which compares healthcare systems in Europe. They scored at 916 out of a maximum of 1,000. Oh, and I don't, wow. know why they, I don't know why they dropped to number number five. I should have looked that up. Yeah. But anyway, they main, they still maintain... Hopefully it's other countries number. improving and not them getting worse. Yeah. 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 <laughs> number four, Japan. Country. The country's life expectancy is 83.7. And that's the highest on the planet. And that's caused demographic issues in the country with its population aging rapidly. Because they people are still, and mm-hmm. the, the, the way they they handle the aging has become a little controversial. Depending because they people don't have the money and the resources, you know, to sustain them, uh, mm-hmm. you know, into old age. So they're they're mm-hmm. going through a, a, a shift. Mm-hmm. Number three, Switzerland. Nice. Swiss. Rich, beautiful, healthy. People in Switzerland are pretty much anything people could want from a country. Healthcare is universal and based on a mandatory holding of health insurance by all citizens, good. which is a good thing. Nice. Number two, Singapore. Oh, oh surprising. Yeah. I was wondering where the, the surprise would be. Unless you're yeah. like a slave. Then uh, they have 5.6 million <laughs> citizens, and their average life expectancy is 83 Point one. Wow. Okay, anybody want to guess? Unless you're one of these like indentured. Yeah, like, anybody want to guess who's the number one? Oh, I say Denmark. Denmark. Yeah, that was pretty much my guess, too. I'm going with them. Or okay. maybe Japan. We, we did Japan. We did? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Japan that's, that's okay. That's okay. 
Luxembourg. What? No, I know no Denver? one would. That's the most surprising thing. Luxembourg, it, you know, it's between Belgium, France, and Germany. The that's wealthy, so cool. It's a very wealthy nation. They top the institute sub-index. The average life expectancy is 82. Nice. I think the wealth of that nice. country yeah. helps. Yeah. allows you know access to healthy nutrition and access mm-hmm. and the, the fact that people will live to at least you know, average is eighty. All right, sounds like a road trip to Luxembourg. Yeah, yeah. let's go. Yeah, would, would, would that have made the list on? No, no, never not, thought. Not, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's why we do the top ten. If, if I had done top twenty-five or fifty, yeah. I wouldn't have thought of it. So, of all of these countries, other than our own, where would where would you where would you want to move? New Zealand. If, oh, New Zealand. If we had to move. New where Zealand. Would you move? Obviously, New Zealand. And you're right, Australia. Christina. Uh, the U.S. is nowhere near no. this. Go <laughs> uh, with the Aussies. I, 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 I might go to Norway. Yeah. Yeah. Norway. Yeah. Norway has always had a yeah. particular attraction. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I want to go to South New Zealand. To yeah, where? New Zealand and Australia. It South, would be nice South New Zealand. It's the. It's just oh, gorgeous. Yeah. It's the similar climate to where we are now. Yeah. And it's just mountains. Yeah, but and you pick, you pick, you're picking a country simply on the basis that you think it's gorgeous. No, but it also has great health care. Yeah. But <laughs> you also have a good job prospect for you. you yeah, there's a lot of dairy there. there. I'd probably go to Germany, <laughs> if, to be completely honest. Germany's not a bad pick. No. Germany's not a bad pick at all. Mm-hmm. I can't see myself speaking German. Anyway, <laughs> thank you so much, my dear Nancy. For that. that was sure. fun. Good I top go 10. to New Zealand. <laughs> All right, my dear Kirsten, you have time for us to laugh with another brilliant moment? Yes. Brought I decided to, to keep it a little bit lighter today. Good, I don't want to cry. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's never super heavy. But. Oh. I know, I tried to keep it lighter because I don't feel like depressing myself. <laughs> Good. Good. Then we already Good. are. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> All right. On a Sunday early in early December, about two dozen women and girls weave their bikes down the streets and alleys of the gritty Liari neighborhood in the Pakistani city of oh, Karachi. Bad decision. <laughs> oh, no God. big deal, right? <laughs> so then Pakistan and women are riding bicycles. Yep. Oh boy. Pretty sure that's illegal there. <laughs> I'll get to that. They nudge their bikes between rickshaws, motorbikes, and crowds of men. Men everywhere. <laughs> so many men. <laughs> It's rain and man. (laughs) Some turned their faces away to avoid the sight of women rattling past on bikes. Others gaped. Gap. Is it gaped? Is that a word? Yes. I didn't know that. There is no S there. Okay. My vocabulary has increased. Female bicyclists are a rare sight in Pakistan. Zuleka. I think females are a rare sight in Pakistan to begin with. Yeah. Just females. <laughs> Dawood, who organizes activities for a girls' community center, is among the women looking to change that. Dawood starts this weekly ride in February 2018, so it hasn't. It's only been going for just over a year here. She has previously run a girls' boxing club and saw some boys on bikes nearby and thought, if they can ride, why shouldn't we? I like this woman. I like her too. The answer is that in Pakistan, riding a bike is seen as a vulgar and sex-like act because oh a woman God. must straddle a seat. There's One... not a dildo on the seat. It's a seat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> One cleric who runs a large Islamic seminary said that women riding bikes is a provocative act. It is necessary that they exhibit them 
or is it necessary that they exhibit themselves among the men? Asked Mullah Muhammad Naim. He said that such public riding leads to moral corruption and suggested that women oh, ride God. behind high walls unseen by men. So not that they don't ride at all, but just behind high walls so men can't see them. They, they should get a hat that's like a big umbrella that like has like walls on it. <laughs> just like an eye slit so they can see. <laughs> that's right, those nasty creatures. Oh, I, I, I can't believe we live in a world where we're in the 21st century we're still dealing with a religion that pur- thinks that it's scandalous for a two-century-old invention to be written by 50% of the population. It's insane. But look how corrupt that 50% of the population is. Then they're going to want to have money to build a wall. Oh, and you know no. how controversial that Trump is. Trump the second. I mean, women used to ride side saddle here on, Amazon on side. horses, yeah, that's so right. I don't yeah. see why they just can't have a horse and ride side saddle in Okay, Pakistan. if they had a horse, I hope it's a Frisian, and they just go like Okay, 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 okay. Hey, here's a question, though. Here's a question. What if you had an electric bike and she rode Amazon style? So, because it seemed to be the fact that they're straddling a bicycle seat, it seems to be the issue here. So, if they were riding actually side saddle, like you said, and it was electrically powered, would that be an issue? That's right. And poor Kirsten thought this was going to be light. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's not depressing. Not as depressing as some of the things that I could be reading. Trust me. (laughs) From the start, these bicyclists have faced push back no surprise there on their first ride Dawood said the girls were accosted by male madrasa students they were kicking the girls she recalled and she heard them shout why don't your brother stop you cover yourself and go pray go home <laughs> the girls and women in Dawood's group remained undaunted so good for you ladies yeah I'd probably punch someone regardless of where a woman lives she has the right to move freely Dawood says this is empowerment we feel good we feel free we can go anywhere. Yeah, you feel free to join the 19th century where bicycles were invented. Yeah, there we go. Way to go, Islam. Finally catching up to the 19th Woo-hoo! century. Nyla Naz, 19, a college student, surrendered her bike to another woman who wanted to practice. Riding was part of her battle for women's equality, Naz said, which included the right to go anywhere. And it suited a working class woman. We are common persons. We don't own the car. So we are starting on, from the cycle. Like many of the female riders, Naz credited her father for inspiring her independence. Don't ask permission, she recalled him saying, you have every right to be what you want. I like this man. Yeah. I know, like, good on you. He's a good man. (sighs) Eventually, maybe they'll get onto motorcycles. Exactly. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. that. Unfortunately, thanks to religion, it'll probably take a really long time before it's a majority view in Pakistan, where it's like, yeah, go do what you want. Uh, But... You know, see, that's I want, how things go. See, I, I want to I see never, a woman. Did, this is totally new. Did, did, would you have ever thought that in Pakistan that there would have been this kind of I, You know, I, I personally, half the time, I don't even believe that country freaking exists. Yeah. It's so freaking stupid. It's insane. But I want to see a woman in a full burqa riding a pogo stick. <laughs> What kind, of a, what kind of a scandal would that be, you know? <laughs> and on the note you had pointed out earlier, Christina, until last year, it was illegal for women to ride bikes in Saudi Arabia. Wow. Yeah, well, I, in Saudi Arabia, you know, that's one thing, but... Yeah. Hmm. Jesus had nothing yeah. to do with this. Jesus Saudi, Saudi Arabia is simply Pakistan <laughs> with money. That's all it really is. Yeah. And oil. Yeah. yeah. Oil. Exactly. Wow. Oh, the world we live in. Yes. All right. That was a good one. Am I right? That's a good one. Okay. That's it for us? Okay. That's it. All right. Thank you so much. Everything else was too depressing. (laughs) (laughs) 
We could do an entire <laughs> podcast of just another brilliant oh, moment. Yes. And just oh, every God. week and have like five different stupid stories coming out of religion. Oh, yeah. So many stories. And maybe we should just do that one day. That we should be just fun. do a best of another brilliant moment and just come up with a yes. my God. And then just like make up one and just put it randomly in and be like, you have to guess which one's guess fake. Guess which one's fake. <laughs> I think That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> you know, it's funny. I was actually thinking of, and I'm pretty sure this is where you got that idea of... Um, randomly making up my own story and telling it on another brilliant moment and seeing if anyone figured it out. No, well, you can't do that because our audience is pretty smart. They're going to say, what the hell? I researched this and I couldn't find anything like yeah. that. So, <laughs> Fake but, news! But I could see I could see that. Fake I could see you news. coming up with like three like really quick one-minute story each and guess which one is fake. And we that would have a hard time so because they're fun. all stupidly ridiculous. Well, I, I, was reading, I was reading a book this week that had a, a quote that fits in here that, that I just loved. It said the it was it was it was work. Um, um, it, it wasn't a nonfiction book. It was a fiction book. But one of the characters in there said that the way to tell truth from fiction is that fiction has to make sense. Yes. So you try too hard <laughs> to make the, so to make the, it's <laughs> to true. make the phony one. You don't make make too much sense because it's it, the truth. It's that's so true. So I, wild. I, we we only get called by fake news once in a while, right? And mm-hmm. I was called one time a while back because I didn't do my due research and I should have. And shame How on me. Could you, Kevin? But there was. This story about dun, 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 a, a, there was a story about an imam that basically said in case of like catastrophic emergency and stuff like that that it was allowed for men to actually eat their wives. <laughs> and, and Wait, you thought this was real? Well, you know what? It's Islam. It's crazy enough to be real. That's the point of it, right? At first, I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" But it was crazy enough. He said, "This is if it was like." Here, or anything like you know, uh, anything that was Christian or something like that. I said, no, that's just ridiculous. But it's Islam we're talking about here. It is crazy enough to be real. Christianity is pretty crazy too. Yeah, well, it, <laughs> yeah, it is crazy, but at least they're toned down now. They've been reformed. But Islam is still like not bad out there. I don't know whether we could get through an entire show of a brilliant moment. We'd either collapse from oh, you know yeah. being Crying, overwhelmed or laughing, or laughing yeah, halfway absolutely. through. Anyway. Let's put a pause on that, and when we come back, we'll be talking to Zach Law from the Zach Village Podcast. Yay! That should be fun. So Zach I want, want you guys to not be on your best behavior for this. <laughs> I don't know what that word means. I said not be on your best behavior. Could you define oh, it? Oh, I didn't hear that. Okay. okay. I can do that. So stay with us. What's up, heathens? I'm the Godless Engineer, and it would be great if you could join me on my YouTube channel. Over there, we post videos every day. On Mondays, we normally post a response video of some kind. Tuesdays, we post our daily Bible podcasts that I record with KC. Wednesdays, we read comments. Thursdays and Fridays is conspiracy theory and flat earth stuff. And we have a new segment that runs Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays that is Today I Learned from KC. Hi, y'all. So please join us over on the YouTube channel, Godless Engineer, where we always stand up and use our voice. Attention fellow atheist podcast listeners. We are the Godless Heathens Podcast. Here's the details with no fine print. We got new episodes available every other Sunday. Sunday! 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 There's three of us. Just like the Holy Trinity. I'm Don. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jerry. Coming to you from a spare bedroom in exurban Atlanta. 
where we'll examine the crossroads of politics and religion, but from the secular perspective. Sometimes we get heavy, sometimes we get deep. And no one is above reproach or mockery, especially each other. It's more of what you want and less of what you don't. So open your hearts and minds to the godless heathens in your podcast rotation. And you just might learn something, too. years, this old man had taught us and he had believed. He believed that the Golgi apparatus was an artifact. He thought it didn't exist. And then one day, an American cell biologist came and gave a public lecture in our department in which he demonstrated beyond all possible doubt that the Golgi apparatus was real. Our old man strode to the front of the lecture hall, shook him by the hand and said, My dear fellow, I wish to thank you. I have been wrong these 15 years. And all of us applauded till our hands were red. And none of us will ever have forgotten that incident. That is science at its best. That's the very opposite of faith. Online is Zach Law, the host of the Zach Village Podcast. He's a snappy dresser and a snazzy dancer. Zach, thank you so much for joining us at Left of the Valley. That is such blasphemy. Uh, none of that is true, <laughs> except for the show part. We have the secret tape of you dancing, Zach. This is the reason you're on the show, remember? Yeah. We bribed you. It's probably out there, yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's called bribery. I think that's called extortion. Uh, yes, yes, blackmail. Sorry, we blackmailed you. We blackmailed you. To, you come on the show or we release this. Yes. <laughs> I feel like you're ready to get into American politics. You're set. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> We're all set already. Zach, uh, maybe you'd be so kind. Uh, we have an international audience. And may, some people might not know who you are. Maybe you'd be so, qu- so kind to give us a, a quick bio as to who Zach Law is. I've always wanted to say, do you know who I am? That kind of thing. Because <laughs> you have any idea who I am? probably don't. <laughs> I host the Zachrilege Cast podcast, YouTube video, interview program that features me talking to some of the best and brightest in the atheist slash secular slash awesome community. I started the show in early 2014. I think that's when a lot of atheist podcasts kind of started blowing up. And initially, I just did YouTube because that's all I knew how to do, and then eventually figured out how to burn the audio. So I have a podcast version as well that has a little more intro-outro stuff. But for the most part, it's been interviews, and it's state interviews, and... I doubt I'll run out of people to talk to. <laughs> Essentially, he's got the same kind of show. It's, it's kind of funny. You've uh, we've started in uh, 2014, early 2014 as well. So, congratulations on five years of the sacrilege. Well, I guess 2015 is AFR. Four. It was. Oh, I heard 2014. I'm sorry. I said I, the wrong. I probably said the wrong year. It's okay. That's okay. Well, whatever. Four years. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank that's you. A lot, that's a lot of interesting interviews, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so some some of the names of uh, the the people have you, you've interviewed before, do you found very interesting? Can you name us a few? Well, I guess best known is probably uh, Noah and Heath from mm-hmm. Oh my Skipping God, Atheist. I love them. Yes, that was that was a while back. Um, just interviewed Steve Shives, who seems to be oh, more nice. known as a 
YouTuber than a podcaster, but when someone has 77,000 followers and, you know, that, that, that seems to be a pretty good number, you know, had Aaron Raw on fairly recently. Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it's, it's weird when you do an interview with someone who's done like a hundred interviews, then you go, Oh, can I ask something different or <laughs> <Good luck. laughs> that they haven't been asked before, but really that's not necessarily the goal is just to have an interesting conversation. <laughs> And then to find the people who haven't, you haven't interviewed before, like the woman who used to tithe, do tithing and gather all the money, um, the Liza McAdoo, who I met at the local Black Nonbelievers. And just to talk about that is like, this isn't a name, but this is a great story mm-hmm. and this is a great journey. And I mean, initially, I think it was all about, hey, let's talk atheism, you know, the whole get out of people who got out of religion and their stories and what their lives are like now. And now it's just find somebody interesting to talk to. I mean, usually it is going to be in the secular side of things, but I've had, a, I guess, a few believers on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do, you, do you find that, you know, in your four-year experience doing these kind of interviews, uh, do you find that, you know, the movement of atheism itself has evolved in a way, shape, or form? Well, I don't know if anybody likes anybody anymore, but other than that. <laughs> I think most of us still like the scaling atheist group. Well, no, it, it actually, it's, this is kind of funny because this really seems to be an issue in the United States. Of course, we, being from Canada, we can kind of see it from afar, but there really seems to be a bit of an explosion of, you know, uh, attacking or eating within the ranks. Would you agree? It does happen, and I don't know if some of it is just people creating content like everybody's going after the easiest you know the lowest hanging fruit on the quote-unquote other side mm-hmm. and it just has it became i don't even know when it started easy to attack people kind of on the left and usually when you think about atheists you think about people on the left and then you realize that's not necessarily the case i mean when you first come out as atheist you're just happy to find out there's like one yeah. other person who's like mm-hmm. you and that's all that really matters. And eventually you will meet people who you have this you agree about, but you might disagree about other things. And as you know, you notice on social media, sometimes when people disagree, it gets a little uh, little testy. Yep. Just and a little. I, I definitely think with the atheist movement, because it is, we, the thing that we have similar between us all is the fact that we don't believe in religion. There isn't really anything that, connects us that we do believe in yeah, necessarily there's no, there's no binding trait besides yeah. something the fact that we don't believe in exactly. exactly so like you have the humanist people mm-hmm. who have that in common and then you have the other people <laughs> I, I, think, I think the, the problem other people I think, I think the problem arises that you know because you're an atheist uh, we have a tendency to put that as a label but then when he goes into other labels whether it's like the poli- uh, political realm or something like that we realize how actually very different we are from mm-hmm. one another and I think with the atheist movement growing so fast, we are experiencing a lot of different ideas and mm-hmm. we're having to interact with people who don't agree with us on some fundamental issues. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we're having to learn to deal with that. Zach, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, people say that the word like intersectionality is like an evil, bad thing, but there has to be other connective tissue we have and for some people they've grabbed onto social justice but there's just been a very like violent backlash against that Mm -hmm. and it 
sounds like intellectually like, oh, you're just doing it wrong, but it almost sounds like, no, social justice is wrong. And I'm thinking, what are what is happening? But, you know, uh, considering our politics in America and not just in the past, you know, two, three years, uh, that insanity has kind of been there in the background. We're just kind of figuring mm-hmm. out that, yeah, we've got we have a lot of problems we need to work through, but we have to talk about it. And some people just think everything's great mm-hmm. yeah. in a certain way. Like, oh, if you, you know, it's like your computer breaks and you go back to like the two-year version. Oh, this is perfect. But you think you can do this with a country or with society. And it's just not really the case. When you say intersectionality, because the first thing that came to my mind was moving couches. Uh, <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> you might want to. Can you explain what exactly you mean by that term? And opening can of worms. <laughs> <laughs> Just finding, I guess, different things in in common. And if you're a feminist and you might want to work together with trans people, for example, or just finding different things in common and trying to to work together and to just both find your common humanity you know some there are a lot of people who exist in the world who just want people to go yes you exist and you have the right to exist and i think as an atheist sometimes you forget that that's a big issue in the rest of the world but with someone who's trans they're they're being attacked on a daily basis yeah, yeah exactly exactly hmm. do you feel that uh, now that you've been doing this for four years uh when you look when you look at the future of atheism and especially maybe in the political context that you guys are in the united states are you are you positive about the future of the movement or are you like a bit more you know maybe this doesn't look so good <laughs> I don't know. I think there's there's this just idea that once you have this victory that you've won forever and you just kind of every generation has to has to fight. You think, like, oh, the civil rights, that was the 60s. We took care of that. And it's <laughs> not the case. I mean, you always have to remind people. It's kind of like I work in marketing and it's about repeating your message. And sometimes you think, man, I have said this thing 50,000 times. Why don't people get it? But the 50,000th and first time is the one time that someone who actually listens, who can change things, is out there. And Mm. you just have to let politicians know that the nuns, you know, with with an O, are people they need to pay attention to. And if both parties could both stop just pretending to say God all the time being a great thing, that would be really helpful. But just, just having to be active and... I think starting at a local level, I think people think nationally a little too much, just getting the attention of, of people, let them know that this is a constituency that you can't ignore. Yeah. It seems sometimes, especially when you look at American politics, and you think all of a sudden it's like, oh, yeah, you know what? The, the influence of the religious right seems to be dwindling. And then you'll hear, like, we, what was it, the, last week or this week, when you hear uh, Speaker Nancy, uh, what's her name, Pelosi, and comes in and says, you know, uh, what did she say? She said, she said, uh, not that um, she said something about God. Oh, We're gonna fix like God's creation. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so, so something, something about uh, the Democrats are doing God's work and the yeah. Republicans mm. are not. It's like, ugh, come on, <laughs> are we really still there after all this time? But to be fair, she is really old. Well, so. <laughs> maybe, 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 Zach, you you can speak to that. Do you think this is just a, a generational thing? You think it's, this is going to disappear as soon as the older generation disappears? 
if we just think that's going to happen, then it probably won't. Yeah, so, definitely. and it's it's true in part. I think a common thread in some interviews is people will say, "Well, I told my parents about boom and atheist, but I didn't tell like my grandmother, or grandfather, mm-hmm. just because they wouldn't. It just wouldn't compute." And there would be no way to, to talk. And maybe that's the case with some people. There's just no way to, to talk about this. But I think that's maybe what we're trying to do with the whole intersectionality concept is to let people know about all these other possibilities and all these things that people have been dealing with and just dealing with and not talking about it, you know, like Me Too, and finding out that, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that we need to work on, but we have to work on it. Mm-hmm. Well, you, when, oh. when you started your podcast, was it because of all of these different issues and to interview people that came from an atheist perspective or perhaps a different perspective? But what, what drove you to start the podcast? Well, before this, I did, uh, and it was mostly written series of I was really into fantasy football, so I started doing fantasy football interviews just because that was one angle that people weren't doing, is talking to the people who do this. And at a certain point, I think it was in that 2014-2015 time frame where, like, Atheists on Air and The Thinking Atheist and these shows were still relatively new where you would find a new show and you could listen to all the episodes because there weren't 400 new shows a week. And it was just a matter of people saying we need more voices out there. And I thought, well, I don't have anything especially exciting or different to say myself, but if I can in- introduce people to these voices and it can be people that everybody already knows their name or somebody that nobody's ever heard of, or you know, a couple weeks ago I had Zach Ford on who's LGBTQ writer, uh, I think progress. That's not somebody who's usually doing the atheists like podcast circuit. So it's just, good to kind of reach out a little bit but really i just guess i enjoy interviewing and just asking questions and trying to come up with stuff and the the challenge of research it kind of hurts my podcast listening because i have to research my next guest usually uh but it's it's fun to do it's just kind of 45 minutes to an hour a week where um you know we do i do it live Really, no editing to that, and just asking questions while enjoying trying to get trying to get to know somebody, or maybe going after a certain story. It depends. Mm -hmm. Hmm. Is there is there any of your interviews in the past that really sticks out in in your mind as like one that you really really enjoyed, or maybe a favorite or something? Well, I mean, I was very excited to get scathing atheists on, but there's, and I don't even know if the the guest. Uh, is on anymore, but uh, it was episode eight, Dr. Jill. She was the only member of the Secular Therapist Project from the state of Georgia at the time, and she was talking about just like dealing with people who are getting out of religion and that trauma. And I had like lost track of her because this you know interview was in 2015, but it was one of those ones where I just was it got got more out of it than I thought I was going to get. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, I, 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 we find that that with a lot of our interviews, we we think we're going down a certain path, and suddenly it takes a turn. Oh yes. And then the the program gets 
more interesting than we thought because we didn't realize that this wonderful amount of material was going to suddenly burst forth from a rather routine set of questions. So I'm sure you feel the same way. It's just that excitement when, you know, suddenly something totally new comes out than you expected. And it turns out just wonderful. You want to be able to, you know, create that um, uh, more often because it's exciting for you and the audience. Well, I have like a run sheet where I have all my questions and I, uh, you know, think when I first created, oh, I have nothing to ask. And all of a sudden I have like 25 questions. And that, of course, is way too many. But it is fun to go down the tangent, to play the improv game, the yes and, and go, oh, you said let's keep going on this subject. Or, you know, maybe you have to cut somebody off because they talk for six minutes about one thing. And you're like, all right, we need to transition. All of a sudden, now we have... 12 minutes left and I have all these questions I, I want to ask and I know things that I hope to ask things that I want the answer to and I would think would be interesting things for the for the guest and the uh, the listener of course well I hope the listener enjoys it I mean come on <laughs> <laughs> that's the whole point of it all <laughs> is it really exactly. though exactly I, I come on here for myself <laughs> no, well, okay, fair enough, but, but I mean, here's the thing we don't get paid True. No, no, no. Sure. Yeah, I wish I wish we could get paid to do this. It'd be kind of nice. It'd be a nice show, actually. Uh, Zach, do you, do you feel that, um, you know, sometimes a lot of these atheist-style interviews uh, are getting a bit stale? I mean, there's only so much you can say about atheism before we actually get on to another subject. Have you found that kind of same uh, issue with your program? Well, you know, I, I feel like two weeks ago was the first time in like two months where I'd asked a lot of specific atheist questions. I mean, I find sometimes at a certain point I was like, Oh no, I can't interview people again. But the truth is people have new books or mm -hmm. their podcast goes in a different direction. And, and you, know, you can have somebody on every year or so, or even more often because they're just an interesting guest. So it's not always, atheists involved i'd say maybe social justice is is a is a through line occasionally but it's it's sometimes just what do people want to talk about i mean well especially if you didn't get through all your questions you're like material for another episode yeah, exactly <laughs> exactly did i hear a cat in the background there i thought i heard that too yeah, I, my cat's in yeah. the hall yeah Aww. Yeah. My cats, previous cats like to be on, and these cats usually, the only thing they don't like is that the door's closed. Oh. <laughs> Otherwise, they're absolutely, yeah. How dare you not let me see what you're doing, human? They're bored. <laughs> yeah, literally the whole one of my cats. Process. Aww. Uh, Zach, if, if let's, let's fantasize a bit here. If, you, if, if there's a guy or a gal out there you'd really, really like to get on your show, who would that be? Uh, that's a good question. I mean, besides uh, us, of course, right? I mean, right. <laughs> left of the valley. There was a <laughs> there was a time where it was all about oh, I need to get the big names, mm -hmm. and most of the time when you ask, it's really just a matter of they might just get so many emails they don't respond to you right away. Like the whole scathing atheist thing was just me responding to the Farnsworth quote and adding, "Hey, do you want to be on the show?" And it was like two months later, and they responded, and I'm having. Uh, Tom and Cecil, or Cecil and Tom, from Cognitive too. Dissonance on later this month, and really, I just never asked them. That's why they haven't been on the show. I just didn't think about it, and it was maybe a day or two after I responded, because, you know, they're actually big enough. They have someone who can respond to emails for them. Yes. 
scheduling the interview. You know, you crazy people, you schedule interviews like four months in advance, and I'm like, who do I have on next week? You know, that's my that's my thing. Or it's a one guy show. I'm, maybe it's control freak issues, or I just forget to ask for help. Yeah, well, you know, you know full well that you know we we try to book people in advance, but I know full well that the next month is booked, but somewhere during that that three four weeks something's gonna happen that guy's gonna bow out and yeah. you know Where life happens we, we, and- yeah we just try to have a, <laughs> a moniker control on yeah. things but we know better at this point <laughs> uh so zach tell me something so what's coming down besides you know uh, tom and cecil what's coming down for the zach Religion podcast where are you where are you hitting where you where do you hope to take the show well i just i just keep uh hope to keep doing the show i I did a couple of panels at the end of last year where I just had like three to four people. You really learn with with panels. I, I prefer, you know, it's a was the song one on one tends to work best when it interviews. But sometimes when there's a particular subject, it's nice to get a group of people on. Maybe not like eight, but yeah, three or four is probably good. So I'll probably try to do that. I have. Patrick Horst next week because the NanoCon is coming back. Uh, as some people know, the the big uh, podcast or atheist gathering that was supposed to happen this year, ReasonCon got canceled. So everybody's like, well, what are we going to do? <laughs> well, NanoCon is in Nashville. It's not totally convenient for y'all, but uh, for me, it's uh, you know, it's four hours away. Plus, yeah, my parents I, live there. Yeah. So it's no convenient. I have going to the States right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're, I don't think we're allowed, actually. That's true. Yeah, oh, yeah. Actually, because Such a we weird had you... weed. Well, we smoked pot one time on the show, and I think we're banned now permanently yeah. from by Donald Trump himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and somehow I'm okay with that. Yep. Yeah. The only one that can go is Nancy, but that's because she's an international trained assassin. So. Yeah. She has like mm. multiple like yeah. identities. So. Yeah, exactly. It's the, only, <laughs> it's the only reason. But you know, might send you down the field oh, as a reporter, Nancy. Yeah. So, <laughs> so you you we you talked about who you would really want to have on. Um, is there any subject that like you would really love? You don't necessarily know who you could talk to about it. But like, is there any subject that you just would love to talk to someone about? Mm-hmm, yeah. Well, sometimes it's it's what's in the news lately. I like hate subscribe to like the National Review just to hear <laughs> nice. what they think, and they are so up in arms about that New York law about the late term abortions. Oh my gosh! To get some people on who are experts about late term abortions, what they actually are, because. That just still gets me. Mm-hmm. It seems like all the arguments coming from the right about, like, they're they're not even talking about what the actual situation is. Yeah. Like, oh, the baby's born is perfectly healthy, and then they stab it in the head. Yeah. It's like, no, no, no. no <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa. No, you actually do hear that. I went, I went to a protest of a... Oh, no, Christ- no, but I'm saying, like, that's not actually what happened. No, of course not. Of course not. <laughs> it's, it's ridiculous. But I actually spoke to some Christians that were protesting abortion, and they were talking about... Post-abortion abortion. Uh, post, sorry, post, post-birth abortion. Um, I mean, are you kidding me? Post-birth abortion? It's like, yeah, yeah they thought for sure this was a thing. It's like, come on. Yeah, lots of misinformation around it. So definitely talking to someone who knows what it actually is would be fascinating. Yeah, I have so many questions. I mean, <laughs> I have uh, yeah, a friend I had on the show, and she lives in Alabama, so she was been in like, a clinic escort, and... There's actually like a full time guy who is paid a salary to go and like harass women who come in there. Seriously? And they had to raise money because they had to 
like rent a house next door for the people who come in from across the state because you know in, in a lot of places in the United States there might be two to three abortion clinics around and they have laws where you have to wait 48 hours and all that mm-hmm. stuff so to be able to talk to someone who's an expert I mean I know there's a certain segment of people who are just never going to, to listen to things but to get to get the facts I know it just puts a lot of burden on me to actually like you know research and all that mm-hmm. but I, maybe once in a while I should probably try that just just these subjects that really do impact people it's it's crazy how a lot of kind of really right-wing thinking has become kind of mainstream like there are a lot of people who consider themselves progressive but they go oh abortion oh can't talk about that it's like you need to talk about it yes. because if you know three women then you know someone who's probably had one or yeah. either anybody who's considered it yeah, of course. Uh, you know, in the states right now, we've we're watching from across the board. Obviously, uh, there's rumor that you guys might actually uh, the Supreme Court might actually try to strike down Roe versus uh, Wade. Well, I, I'll make a correction to that. It's not that they're wanting to actually strike down the law. Okay, it's that they're going to basically make it through passing other laws. They're going to make it basically non-useful. Like it's not going to really? have any impact anymore. If they pass yeah, they, other they, ways to yeah, get rid of abortions, they create a lot of restrictions. Right. Does, does, Georgia, yeah. does Georgia have uh, a law ready to go that undermines Roe v. Wade? I'm sure they do. the The weird thing about Georgia is Georgia is really you know right wing, but they're kind of lazy. Like Georgia always just <laughs> copies the other laws. Like oh, Mississippi came up with an anti-trans bill. Let's copy that. They never seem to come up with their own unique, terrible restrictive laws uh but yeah they the whole i think it was like the doctor at the abortion clinic has to have like surgical yeah thing at a hospital and then they created a like something that was in one in ten thousand cases like oh you have to have this like surgical room in the in in the abortion clinic and all that and it's just yeah it's like oh we can't win straight up so we're gonna kind of cheat and you have to learn what these tactics are and then learn what what's being said and figure out how to counter it because sometimes just saying what's true doesn't really impact people no it doesn't you know that if you've talked to maybe someone who's religious who's like a family member and you go what about this this and this and like i just believe okay (laughs) yeah then at least you know you go okay and then never mind with facts oh it's absolutely true and i think it's probably one of the failings of the uh atheist community is you know we have a tendency to rest on our laurels saying well we got truth and we have numbers on our side yeah maybe so but in the political world that doesn't mean shit Right, yeah. uh, the, the Christians never stop forging ahead, even though they get pushed back all the time. They still always come back and try again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and I think an issue that we're fighting against as people trying to spread truth and knowledge is that cognitive bias is so insidious in people sometimes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because you can be talking like my mother thinks the Sandy Hook massacre didn't happen. And I can be telling her these facts and she can be like telling me like, oh, but like, look at this and look at that. Like, and it's like, there's logical explanations for that. If you just get out of your head and like get out of your biases, if you stop looking at facts and putting it in the keyhole or in the spots that you already have Mm -hmm, mm pre-made. And I think, I think fight, like talking to people about abortion who already have think that they know exactly how it happens and everything about it they just don't accept facts yeah 
Well, we, uh, we'll have Dr. Hector Garcia to talk about all that. Yes. Coming to come on the show soon. Okay, perfect. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you want ep- experts on all these subjects, uh, you, you can probably find them. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Exist. Yeah. Somehow, some way. I, I, hope you, I hope you do um, either one or a series on, on abortions, Zach, because it's a powerful topic and you think you you may have heard everything but um, what what you're talking about and, and, and the the information that you're going to bring it's going to make a great show yeah Zach do you plan on just giving up the Georgia peaches there and come up here to Canada it's like you know except we have better we have stronger beer and <laughs> All you have to do is you have to remember that I, I hockey's better than baseball. I don't think the beer is really what's going to entice him. I, I, I think, think it is. I think <laughs> it's the lack of Donald Trump. Well, yeah, that's that's a good yeah. point. That's a good Zing. Point. It's a good point, you know. <laughs> and the 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 healthcare. Yeah, we have Free healthcare. <laughs> the one place where America keeps excelling and and has been great for at least the past twenty years is yeah local local beer. It's it's quite amazing. I mean, I think in Georgia when I first moved here, I moved here in 1996. I think there were like two breweries in the state, another 90. Wow. So, <laughs> Canada, well, you better step it up. Like, actually, I think we finally have more breweries than we had like in the 19th century, oh, where wow. basically you had to like walk to the nearest place that had beer. So, if, if you do really like craft changed. beer, go to move to Nelson, BC. There is so much craft beer there. Well, it is insane. What Zach doesn't know is we, we drink American beer to sober up exactly. up here. Yeah. <laughs> beer heaven. I don't drink beer, so I wouldn't know. All I'm right. strictly wine. No, okay, fine. Couldn't answer. Thank you. Zach, thank you so That's much blood. for... Thank you so much for all this, man. I really appreciate you coming on the show and explaining that, all, all, all this. Uh, please remind people where they can find you and your podcast. Well, if you look up Zacrilege, so Z-A-C-H-R-I-L-E-G-E, and I can spell it after a beer, so can you. Find it on your <laughs> podcast finder of choice. If you can't find find it, let me know, because I'm sure 10 new podcast finders came up during this show. Uh, Twitter at Zacrilege, Facebook, I have a Zacrilege cast page, email Zacrilege.cast, and um, Podbean and all that. So, you know, there's podcast version, there's YouTube version. The YouTube version is kind of a live interview, and then the podcast version, I just add an intro, outro, and throw in a little bit of sound effects. Uh, Not as cool as you, but just a little bit to (laughs) entice people. But really, it's all about the guest. The whole point of me is to introduce you to your next boyfriend, girlfriend podcast that you're going to fall in love with. (laughs) And hopefully, just don't forget about me, because I'm going to keep bringing you good guests. Yeah. That's what Fantastic. I do. He's kind of like a wingman of podcasting. <laughs> That's what it takes. <laughs> Zach, thank you so much for joining us today on the show. I really appreciate that. But before I let you go, I'm going to have you say, hi, this is Zach from Zachrilage Podcast, or whichever way you want to say it. And I took a left <laughs> in the valley. Hi, this is Zach from the Zachrilage Cast, and I took a left at the valley. Fantastic. Did I get it? Wow, first take. And that was Zach Law from the Zachrilege. I love the name show. Zachrilege. Zachrilege I mean, show. It's so yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, he is. That was yeah. a nice, relaxed, free-flowing conversation. He's, great. A, he's essentially doing the same thing we are doing. He With is. less people. 
yeah, by himself. So you know, kudos to him because God knows it's it's a lot of work, you know. And uh, thank goodness uh, I have you guys here to <laughs> support me because uh, it's a lot. It's a lot of work trying to interview somebody like that and asking all the right questions. Mm-hmm. There's no right questions. No, there is no right question. There are wrong is there questions? a wrong question? <laughs> yes. There's a lot of wrong questions. <laughs> <laughs> this show can. If there's one thing this show can demonstrate. There's a lot of wrong yes. questions. Yes. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so thank you so much for joining us on at Left of the Valley, guys. Uh, you can follow us at leftofthevalley.com. You can follow us on Facebook, on Twitter, at LETV Podcast. Send us an email if you get those questions about our five-year anniversary or any questions or comment. Uh, left at Valley at Outlook.com. You can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash LETV. And we have goodies for you there, guys. We can finally give that plug yes, now. Yes, yes. We can finally give that plug now. And um, if uh, blah, give us a five-star review wherever you find us. It really helps us and helps others find the show. And don't forget to send your complaints to Nancy on the third floor, but make sure to duck the oncoming knife. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Coming up. Let's see. Where are we? Next week, the legendary Matt Dillahunty. Oh, I am so excited. This is going to be a very interesting show. You bet. And uh, the week after that, we'll be talking to the guys from Godless Heathen Podcast. Yay. Woo-hoo. And then we'll go into March. And to March, we'll be talking to the Skeptical Texans. These are a couple of guys that go church to church yeah. in Texas and talk about atheism. We'll be also be talking to... They uh, must be loved. Yes, I'm sure they are. Where is it? Pop up. Okay, well, we'll also be talking to Atheist News with Steve DeMarco. Oh, and we'll be nice. also talking to the Utah Outcast. We'll be talking about Mormonism. That's going to be fun. Yeah. And then on the 23rd, we have our anniversary, five-year anniversary show. Well, and after that, excited. we'll be talking to our friend, historian Richard Carrier. And in April, we'll also be talking to Professor Joel Bakken. And we'll be talking about our corporation's actual psychopath. Yes. I'm excited. Corporation psychology. So that's going to be very, very interesting indeed. Perfect. Anything else we need to add to all this, guys? Uh, Go YouTube narcissism. It will change your life. What? No, seriously, guys. Why are you bringing this up now? Because it changed my life. (sighs) I, I'm know, take you I, up on I that. used to prefer it when she used to talk about Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> and well, then you can go read Harry Potter and see how many narcissists are in Harry Potter. There you go. No, but seriously, there are so many narcissists that suck your life. All right, Donate guys. on Patreon. That's Vampires, our last plug. <laughs> Vampires. Thank you so much, guys. Until next time. Love you. There you go. Yeah, if you need psychoanalysis, we're doing free psychos today. Exactly. So. Oh, okay. Jump in, jump in and, and share. That sounds great. We're doing free psychos today. Free psychos. I like that when I said it. Yeah. We were just talking about narcissism. Anyway, feel free, feel free to, to jump in and either explain your problems or give a solution. That's great. Yeah. So, so Zach, I've got uh, Nancy, Christina, Kirsten, and Dominic with me, guys. Say hello, Zach. Hello. 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 Welcome. Hi, I'm the one psychoanalyzing psycho. Al- I can't speak English, okay? I need more coffee. I'm, <laughs> I'm, what, is it, what did I get to say? Uh, I am a psycho and I am went left to the valley. Is that what that is? <laughs> oh, man, you fit right in, buddy. Or is it, <laughs> oh, welcome to the group. Or is it that left of the valley psycho. induces psychosis? <laughs> Hi, I'm Zach Law. I took a left of the valley and now I'm a psycho.
Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware.